With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Great to have your company on the Overnight Crowd. On the text line on the Overnight Crowd, which is 0433981116, if you'd like to get involved this evening, uh, AJ from Warwick in WA has said that he likes the stand rule. Uh, that's what I grew up playing with. The game is better off with it. So we've had Ed from Perth saying, uh, sad news today when Brad Scott said the stupid stand rule stays in for next year. It's a shocking rule. And we've had AJ from Warwick saying, I like the stand rule. So you can get involved and we can get a bit of a poll going. If you like, on the text line, 0433-981116, on uh, which side of the rule that you stand on, I guess you would say, in a big day of AFL news and action around the way with uh, the first round of the AFL draft getting underway. And we finally saw Jason Horn francis get taken with the number one pick headed straight to the North Melbourne Kangaroos. So to talk that and more, I'm going to be joined by Mitch Mitch Keating. He's an editor at Zero Digital Media, and he joins me on the overnight crowd to recap that first round of the AFL draft from earlier this evening. Uh, G'day there, Mitch. Hey, Hedy, how are you, mate? Happy yeah. to be on. Yeah, great to have you on, mate, and uh, thanks for the uh, the time and uh, jumping on. It was a big first round of action in the AFL draft today. I think a good first question would be, how did your phantom draft go against the picks that were actually made? Uh, well, the, I guess you could probably say the opening half a dozen or so selections were probably going to be locked in pretty yeah. early on. It was a good grasp on, on who was going to land where with those. There was... Probably by the time you got to Fremantle's first selection, there were some questions. But um, across, yeah, across our first band, I think the first half of the draft was pretty much locked in. It was about pick 11. Then it got a bit, bit funny there with a couple of trades um, and a few movements from the, from the interstate clubs. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of people uh, on look has had, had a pretty decent grasp on what was going to occur across at least probably those first six or seven selections. Let's go through those uh, first six or seven, as we say. Uh, Jason Horn francis uh, long predicted as the number one pick. He's headed to the North Melbourne Kangaroos. He's ready-made to go. Do you think he'll play round one uh, in 2022? I'd like to think so. I think, um, yeah, he's as far as all the talents, he's the premium prospect uh, in this crop. Uh, lucky for the, uh, the Kangaroos. They got to kick their feet up pretty early after pick one, and <laughs> I think it's a pretty straightforward selection for them. Not having to worry about Father Sons is a... Be really smart bid from the Roos, just backing in their man. You know, other people say, um, you know, make make the enemies pay a bit, up, pay up a bit more. But um, I'm really liking the confidence the Roos have put in, and that was also shown in their uh, decision to sweep on Hugh Greenwood. But um, I'd like to think, the yeah, Horn Francis in their round one planning, and, and could certainly play a rotation with Greenwood in that kind of mm. midfield or an athletic forward role. So it's going to offer them great versatility in attack, but. Um, is going to have a lot of grunt to offer in next year with what is already a uh, very promising uh, room ensemble. Sam Darcy follows his old man Luke to the Western Bulldogs. Uh, great get for them. Uh, how raw is Sam Darcy at the moment as far as uh, his progression into AFL football? Yeah, he's, 
you've probably got some question marks. You could have that immediate impact, but his position in, I guess, the forward line for the Bulldogs is a bit of a question. I, I wouldn't like to see the same amount of pressure put on him as what was put on Jamari Eagle Hagen 12 months ago. I think mm-hmm. he's one that probably needs um, some time just to just to mature a bit more. And, yeah, I think both of those are the same. Just the Bulldogs have to give him some weight to uh, to put on at the moment. But He's an exciting prospect. They've got a, they've been another skill in, a, in two years in a row when you follow on from Hugo Hagen's uh, selection last year. So he's going to be primed eventually. Bulldogs fans might need to be a bit patient, but at the same time, don't be surprised if you know he's in their round one calculations if he's you know kicking goals early in the next year. So um, he's got a lot of that Max and Ben King about him, and we've seen what they can do in their opening couple of seasons at AFL level. So GWS made the bid on Sam Darcy to keep them honest, I guess you would say. But they're up next, uh, and they took Finn Callahan as well. So is it on a needs basis uh, for to take Finn, or is that the best player available for them? Yeah, it's a funny one for the Giants. I, I think they, they might have gone for the best next available, or day cost aside, I, I would say. Um, you know, he's a, he's a lovely left foot kick. He can play um, supreme footy on the outside, and... You know, they do have the likes of Whitfield and Kelly, but I don't mind seeing those boys move in a bit more with uh, and shuffle shoulders with your Tarantos and your Greens. So they're building uh, an immaculate uh, midfield once again, the Giants, <laughs> with what they've already got. But, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I think they, they probably did go for best available, um, and we've seen what they can do with some of these top picks, um, you know, turn them into to bona fide stars and, and have them happy to, to remain at home. So hopefully he's another one that's there for the long term. Nick Dacos, uh, probably, possibly the uh, highest profile number four pick in the AFL draft's history. He's on his way to Collingwood. He follows in his old man and also his brother's footsteps. And he'll be wearing the uh, the iconic number 35 when he gets there as well. Yeah, it's a good tradition they have down at Magpie Land. I don't mind that. We'll be interested to see what happens next year yeah. if uh, Dacos continues pulling on the 35 or if they, they keep handing it over. But um Either way, he's going to be uh, yeah, a big fan favourite of the Magpies. I think he's going to be the face of this this new rebuild they've got under Craig McRae. He's, he's going to be a ball magnet and one that can have an immediate impact next year. It'll be interesting to see how exactly they do use him, whether they throw him into the deep end a bit more or just you know, get the best amount of minutes they can into him. Um, or if they kind of just you know have that laid-back approach. But there is going to be a lot of pressure on him, as we have seen with the amount of headlines that surround such a name and, and such a player with, He's so outspoken as well. You know, I think he's he's, um, you know, he's he's got a lot of confidence, which is really good to see. And I think um, that could bode really well for him uh, the second he hits the turf next year. Uh, Mac Andrew to the Gold Coast Suns, uh, possibly not as high profile as a couple of their first round picks of previous year Gold Coast. But uh, what sort of player are the Suns in for here with Mac Andrew? Versatile. He's, he's athletic. <laughs> he's, he's He could be anything. I think this is a kid that probably has some of the highest upside. Um, his last 12 months alone can kind of see where he's come from and where he is now. He's put a lot of height, putting on rate, uh, weight at a, at a rapid rate. Um, and he's just this emerging tall forward. He can play in the ruck. He's going to fill a number of holes for the Suns where they where they need it. I think that was one thing. They only had the one pick, but um, they had a lot of holes to fill, whether it was uh, any three of those lines for key position talent. And, and Andrew is one that can certainly slot into where uh, Stuart Jr. needs him. The LA Crows at pick six, uh, they took Josh Rochelle, who said that he wasn't allowed to say that uh, his favourite type of player or the type of player that he is, is Toby Green. But then he went on to say it. So uh, everyone was pretty wrapped with his effort after being drafted. But he looks like a goer and could be in for round one contention as well for the Crows. Yeah, the uh, the likeness to, to Green is there. He's an exciting prospect. The Mercurial forward, uh, 
I guess he's, he's going to be the ones that, that gets bums on seats, I think, down at West Lake. So it's going to be a, a really exciting uh, four line in the future. When you added Dilcor from last year and Fogarty and McAdam, there's a lot of excitement, um, a lot of flair there, and he's going to add to that. I think he, he loves a, a few celebrations and a few flips, so it could be a first we might see at, uh, in the AFL. But I think that might also come from his time as a, under... He was a junior for Australia in the soccer and a Melbourne City Academy. Right. So um, he's got some of that flair to him, but um, yeah, great get for the Crows. Decent pedigree there for the Crows. Uh, at the number seven pick for the Hawks, uh, across some of the phantom drafts, there was a lot of uh, conjecture and speculation about which way they which way they might go with Matt Johnson coming into consideration there. But they've ended up going with Josh Ward uh, at pick seven. Have the Hawks? Yeah, uh, Northern Knights start. He's, he's going to be a leader of the future at the Hawks. They've kind of had a few questions uh, over their midfield, and, and I guess the recent off season kind of had a few um, queries arising, but I think Ward's going to certainly offer some clarity to their midfield for the years to come. He's, uh, you know, booming left foot. He's got this fantastic aerobic capacity. He can play really well on the inside and, and muscle it with the best, but his, his ability to quickly flip and turn on the outside, I think he's going to add, uh, yeah, plenty of strength to the bow of uh, the Hawks' midfield. It's uh, I'm a Fremantle Dockers supporter, uh, Mitch. I don't know if I've uh, mentioned that to you before, but... <laughs> They've finally done it. They've finally gone local in the first round, have the Fremantle Dockers, and they've picked themselves a couple of throbbers here with Jai Miss out of uh, East Perth and Neil Erasmus joining him as well at pick 10 from the Subiaco Lions. What can the Fremantle Dockers uh, fans and uh, get up and excited about with these two players heading to their club? They're, like you said, it's, it's great to see uh, Western Australian products staying in Western Australia. I think it's something that... Free fans in particular, as you would know, um, have, have kind of stressed over in previous drafts when they've had used their top picks. And uh, you look at a player like Caleb Sonny, he's loving his life in purple, but it is always going to be that question mark about a home return. But for a miss and Erasmus to be joining, they're filling the right holes at, at the Dockers. Um, and I think you know, even early tomorrow, we might even see the, the boy you mentioned earlier, Matt Johnson, donning purple. And this could be a, uh, a very renowned draft for Fremantle in the years to come with a miss. They're getting a key forward that's going to slot in next to Matt Tabernacle, Josh Tisi, these kind of players, and he's going to have the right names above him to develop into into a starring role. He's got a lovely kick in front of goal, and he's a huge presence up front. So that's a massive tick for Justin Longley's squad. And, and Erasmus, kind of like Rosselli, uh, a, a bit of a, I guess, a mercurial forward. He'll, he'll play kind of like that Michael Walters role. Um, majority in attack, but can definitely move into midfield and, and show some flair. He's very good overhead for his, uh, he's close to 190 centimetres. So he's not the smallest prospect, but he's not the tallest either. But he certainly shows the ability to, to kind of play well on the ground, but at the same time, high in the air. The Tigers at uh, pick nine have picked up uh, Josh Gibkiss. Uh, where, where, uh, where, where does he usually uh, turn out most of his work and uh, what will he add to the Tigers when he gets the opportunity? Yeah, he's, he's seen as the premium, I guess, intercept tall defender in his class. He's, He's going to offer the Tigers, um, I think, a lot of solidarity across the back in, in the years to come. And, and that pairing with Noah Bolt will fill in, I guess, with uh, with where David Asper is kind of standing. He can play small, he can play tall, lockdown, moving off half-half half back if needed. So quite versatile, but um, very dependable, Josh Gibkiss. I think the Tigers have got a really good one in, in selecting him at pick nine. We were watching along live and uh, the West Coast Eagles were all set to pick with uh, pick number 12. And then the trade happened uh, with Port Adelaide moving up to number 12 to get Josh Sin. Uh, what does this mean for the power on a needs basis? 
Yeah, they they get plenty of run off half back in a player like Josh Sim. We can we can tell obviously with the trade of giving up a future second round that they're really keen on him. They might have thought that the bombers might have come into swoop um on his services. So that just goes to show how keen the power are and how much effort they've put into getting a player of his caliber. They're getting you know, uh, I think a, a player who you can say, you know, tenacious speed, uh, power to move into the midfield is going to really aid their, their backline operation. They've, they've got a, plenty of great tools in defence, what we've seen with the power, and they probably just needed a bit more, I guess, groundwork with their uh, with their defence. You know, I think Carl Amon's moving more up into midfield, which has been good to see, and, and Amon can kind of be that player to slide into defence next to a Dan Houston type and, and maybe fill that void that Hamish Hartwood is now left. I know we should never assume, but uh, can we assume that West Coast were quite confident in their ability to get Campbell Chesser at 12 or 14? So that's why they were happy to move down a couple of picks? Yeah, I believe so. I, I think when, when the trade came in, I, I was probably surprised from Port Adelaide's point of view, but seeing what West, West Coast got, um, I think, yeah, they'll be pretty keen to, to see how, how that outcome landed. Um, Chesser probably wasn't going to be uh, high on, on other lists, particularly with the Bombers or, or the Power. So, um, yeah, moving back a couple of spots and gaining an extra pick for, for next year is going to be um, a great coup for them. And, and they're getting a good player in Chester. Uh, midfielder can break lines quick with pace, long kicking ability. So um, yeah, he'll provide plenty for, for, the, for the Eagles in the years to come. Lee Kalia uh, up into the first round with a bullet to the GWS Giants. So great for him to be selected within the first round. And the Giants get a great player who's going to add a lot. Yeah, the first real bolter of the night, I thought I was, I was quite shocked to see um, Aaliyah head to the Giants. I think it's not necessarily you know the, the best next name on the list for the Giants, and I'm not necessarily sure if it's a it's a, a role to fill. They've got Sam Taylor, they've got um, Nick Haynes, they've got Buckley in defence. So he's certainly going to add to that. And, and whether they've got a role for him further up the ground remains to be seen. But um, he's a talented prospect. Had a lot of eyes on him after his combine record uh, was it early last month. So. Um, he's got you know, that raw ability, um, and I think he's, he's one to certainly keep an eye on at the Giants. Uh, speaking of bolters, uh, Angus Sheldrick uh, out of the Claremont Tigers Waffle Club over here in WA. He's on his way to the Sydney Swans at pick 18. They like a couple of WA boys over there at Sydney, don't they? They do. Warner going there um, in the last couple of years as well. They're building that real hard edge midfield with a player like Sheldrick, a uh, left-footed player, hard-nosed, very courageous, gutsy player. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of getting a bit of a label to themselves as young Swans midfield, and he's going to add to that. So I think it's uh, they, they know what they're doing up there in New South Wales. Um, mm. It seems like they've kind of plucked another one out of nowhere. Uh, Jacob Van Royen with uh, sort of the dream pick, to be honest. Uh, he goes at number 19, and he joins the Premiers on their uh, Premiership defence. He's ready to go as well. Um, just a great result for everyone involved around this pick. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, looking at the, the, the reigning premiers and especially Melbourne, when you look at Melbourne's list, there's, there's not a lot of holes that really need to be filled. But if there is one that pops up with an injury, which is something I think the Demons were quite lucky with this year, he can fill um, several of those. You know, he can play as a key man up front, a lockdown defender, um, intercept player across the ground, um, you know, really likened to Oscar Allen. So has that ability to, to shape shift a bit. Um, and I think he'll, he'll be one that, might need a bit of time, but in a couple of years, he'll be right up there with the Demons and it could be pairing with fellow WA uh, prospect Luke Jackson in, in what could be a pretty formidable tall force. 
Love that. And uh, a couple more on the way out as well, Mitch. Uh, Matt Johnson, as we've uh, spoken about a couple of times here, he was listed to go as high as seven in some phantom drafts. He's still available at the moment. Is he the uh, first that goes, uh, you think, uh, coming up uh, tomorrow? I have to think so. I mean, with, with the Dockers perhaps even planning to, to move for him at, at pick eight or pick ten, uh, he'd have to be in their sight. They hold that powerful pick of pick 21 now, um, the first of tomorrow night. They're sure to have a, a few offers and a few calls from other clubs, but I couldn't possibly see them looking to wheel and, and deal uh, that pick away. Uh, with Johnson still on the table, he's, he's you know, was seen as probably a top 10 prospect on some lists. And I think, um, yeah, that, that with another WA product coming in and the loss of Adam Sherry this off-season, he's pretty much a perfect pick, pick for the Dockers. Okay, well, you answered my next question of uh, anyone being interested. You think that the Dockers will probably turn their backs on any offers. I've just got one here from Jan on the uh, text line as well saying that we missed the Saints pick. Uh, so you can tell us a little bit more about Isaiah Wanganee-Malira and uh, what he will add to the Saints next next season as well. Yeah, really, really, yeah, really, a really exciting prospect for them. Um, you know, a few questions... Over the Saints, over the Saints' midfield, I guess, over the, the last previous couple of seasons, they've had an up and down uh, few campaigns. But he's going to offer um, you know, a league ball movement. I think that's one question that Brett Rand's really put mm. to his squad over the last 12 months is how clean they can use the ball from defence into, into the midfield and then that connection into attack. Um, he's touted as one of the best kicks in the draft, and I think you know if he can... Um, find some minutes early next season and, and, and really form his game by the back end of next year. The Saints could be you know, relying on him out in the wing um, in a finals campaign, which would be good to see. And uh, just one last one from the text line as well from Big Fella. He was uh, giving the Brisbane Lions point of view, uh, saying that Brisbane wanted two players tonight. They had Darcy Wilmot rated at 11 and Kay Lohman at 14, and uh, Brisbane got them at 16 and 20. So Brisbane recruiters would be pretty happy with their haul from this evening. Yeah, they, they, they had probably had a, a different plan to most other clubs, I think. I think Wilmot was one that's gained more and more attention over probably the last month or so, and he's going to offer the the, uh, the Lions some, some hard-nosed, uh, I think, football. You know, he's a courageous player, goes back with the flight, but really explosive out of defence, wants to get things moving, and I think um, you know, him rubbing shoulders with the likes of Brandon Starsovich and Daniel Rich, there aren't really too many quite better in defence when it comes to those kind of skills. So Wilmot's going to... Well, in hopefully is one that's, that's going to feature for them in the years to come uh, quite prominently. And for Loman, yeah, another real bolter to kind of cap off tonight's proceedings. Um, seen as this exciting half forward, um, you know, he's available to, to kind of move further up the ground if required. But um, yeah, he's one that, that uh, I think the Lions are pretty keen on and we to see how that move pays off. And uh, just one, I know I've said one last one three times, but uh, we've got one come through here about Essendon's pick, uh, Ben Hobbs at number 13 as well for the Bombers. Yeah, one that I think a lot of clubs were quite uh, keen on, but I think the need between that uh, probably after the, the Hawks' pick for a midfielder of, of Hobbs' type probably wasn't relied on. So that's, the, the Bombers have really reaped the rewards of, of that kind of list. Um, Hobbs was you know, seen as one of the top six, seven, eight picks. I think Adrian Gregory said that after tonight's draft, they were absolutely wrapped with mm. where they rated him. Um, you know, he's one of the best contested ball winners, uh, a horse and product, and I think he was... You know, winning premierships with their seniors at the age of 15. So he's um, he's going to be an interesting product to keep an eye on. I think the bomb is going to be really wrapped. But where he fits into that midfield straight away will be uh, a question. Mitch, thanks so much for the time tonight, mate, and great job first up on the overnight crowd. Uh, we'll keep following along with your work on Zero Hanger and Zero Tackle. Thanks, Ed. Thanks again.
No worries at all. Minch Keating joining us uh, from Zero Hanger and Zero, zero Tackle to uh, wrap up the uh, first round of the AFL draft from earlier this evening. And uh, great to see him make his debut on the overnight crowd. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.